welcome to the Burnout Podcast, where we discuss all things agile software development and delivery. We will be giving you an honest take on tools and techniques. We'll share our experiences, debunk myth, and hopefully provide needed inspiration. Hi, I'm Todd Anderson, Consultant Delivery Manager. I've done just about every job in IT, from tech support, programmer, network security, project and program management. I can't say I've done everything, but I've seen a lot. And I'm Marcel Britsch, digital consultant, business analyst and product owner. I've worked in digital before this even had a name, and since have been quite a bit around the block. And this is my way of giving back to the industry. So sit back, relax, and settle in for this week's episode. Welcome to the Burnout. Today we'll be talking about values alignment. Yeah, and if you don't have time to listen to the whole episode, a few key takeaways from this episode are it's really important to align on a common set of values early in a project. Don't just pay pay lip service to values. You know, you actually have to put them into practice. Uh, don't throw values out the door as soon as deadlines get tight uh, and bad things happen when values are misaligned. So, you know, how are values surfaced? So, remember when we did our last uh, project inception together? I remember you doing this thing, which I think you call project sliders. And I hadn't done this before, but I thought it was a really good way to tease out values the clients had and then see how the values we would like as an external supplier to be applied to the project to align and also check a little bit of whether the client who wanted agile delivery actually was really up for agile delivery. So can you explain to our listeners a little bit like what project sliders are and how you go about yeah. eliciting values? Basically, Yeah, you may, you may need to Google just to get a visual, but, but basically what project sliders are is you have sort of... Um, different metrics so you know the standard ones are sort of time budget quality that, i remember on that project we had uh, innovation in there innovation yeah um i think we had uh, security performance so some some of the non-functional requirements sometimes come into this speed to market was one one aspect but the other was like internal buy-in of users into the software that was delivered so these could be dimensions that are in any shape or form important yeah, yeah, time, yeah. Right? And usually you start out with sort of a standard set, like I say, you know, the standard, you know, time, time scope budget type yes. thing. But then you invite uh, the, the participants of the workshop to sort of say what, what are other, you know, dimensions that are important to that you value. Yeah. And then once you do that, you basically plot them out as lines on, on, a, on a piece of paper. You know, you have to basically rank order all, all those dimensions. So you'd see their budget that's more important. You can't put one on both budget and time and, you know, scope or whatever. You have to choose. And it's a really interesting pro, uh, process because I think the feedback from clients is that it actually makes them think about it. Like, what do what is actually really important to it? And because it, the default reaction is right that everything is important. Yeah, everything's important, right? Always, right? And, and they fact, want to be innovative. They want to be cheap. They want to be tomorrow life, and they want it secure yeah. and pretty and everything, right? And we know that's not true, right? Yeah, and if every everything's important, then nothing's important, right? Correct. It, it makes yes. it really hard to make those tough decisions when yeah. crunch time comes around. It, it's I think it's a really valuable way to start that dialogue with clients about values. It's something that you can go back and reference later when you're sort of having tough conversations and you can say like, look, you know, back in inception, you, 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 your discovery phase, you said, you know, that 
budget was the most important thing, you know, so is it, you know, should we, you know, ramp up the team or something like that rather to meet this date or, or like, you know, or should we, you know, what, what, you know, what is a, you know, what's the decision here? I think it's important what we said earlier that this being an agile um, mindset team, it's of course allowable to change these things over time but they still give you a baseline to make decisions on. It's your decision-making framework, right? It allows you to prioritize features, to prioritize or to, 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 to evaluate decisions. As you say, do I ramp up a team or, or not? Or um, I mean, I remember uh, working on a project where the client said they wanted to be innovative and it was the most important thing for them. And we realized that what they meant was that innovation for them meant doing new things in the, within the organization. Okay. They didn't mean being innovative within the industry and that is an interesting realization because your budget that you have to spend is much much smaller of course as if you have to do R&D on an industry-wide scale right, right so right. so understanding what what these different dimensions mean and how important they are that really puts a lot of context on, on yeah. everything you do the, the slider thing gives you a vehicle to have those to start those conversations right and that's important yeah. when you're your early engagement you want to understand what you're getting into what you know what, 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 you're, what you're doing and, and I think the interesting thing too about that workshop is that this is all about surfacing the client's values right so so this like one indication is do they even have values and, yes. and what are they and like just just the interaction of this workshop sort of gives you an indication of like well wait a minute do, do these guys even care about values do they have a strong set of values which is interesting in, in its own right and and there's different ways to go about it. And, and if they don't have any values at all, that's also kind of a red flag. It's something that you might need to address early on. And I think this is a really interesting point you just said there because you're eliciting the client's values. But at the same time, you then, of course, want to overlay your values if you're an external supplier because we come in with, I would say, highly agile values. And we have certain values of high transparency, uh, low hierarchy, empower teams, etc., etc., um, high communication, collaboration. If those are your values, the client might say, this is exactly what we want in the organization. But then once you start working with them, you realize that maybe their infosec department or their um, infrastructure team are working very, very old school and they can't support those values at all. And there is nothing wrong with that. But you need to realize that there is a misalignment and then you need to decide, do you change your values or do you transform either side to align on those values. The yeah. risk is if you don't do that, I think. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I guess maybe there's a good time to talk about what, like, what, what do we think a good set of values are, or, or, or at least values that we've, we've, you know, come across on recent projects that typically, you know, we come into an organ, you know, we, we get asked to come into an organization to build some software. With that usually comes a set of values. Um, at least with the teams I've been working with more recently, we have a pretty strong set of values yes, because, yes, definitely. you know, I think, you know, I, I, I think say, we're quite arrogant in opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of, <laughs> that also might be part of the problem, but, yes. but, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think we're really opinionated about things and we want to do things, quote, quote, the right way. Yes. But, you know, that is, that is, you know, the right way. <laughs> is, is there such a thing? I don't know. Yeah. So, so let's talk about some of the values that, that, you know, are commonly held by, by team like, teams like ours. Do you have um, a good indication? Yeah, so I think I think the things I would say as a as a product owner or business analyst, I would say for me it is about delivering value, delivering value early, mitigating risk, high uh, degrees of collabor collaboration, doing the right thing for the client, for the end user, 
um, doing only what's really needed, what's really valuable, empowered teams, transparency, honesty, high empathy within our teams, quality, super important, right? Doing things that software that works, that's maintainable, anything yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, the project management side is sort of like, you, you know, you want to know that they, they actually value the project, that, that the product that, that you're building and yes. not just like, you know, shoving any old crap out there into the world just so they can, you know, meet a deadline or whatnot. You know, that that's that, you know, that's one thing, you know, that they you want them to care about the, the project as much as you do. But this, this is an interesting one. Let's just stay on this because um, I've come across a number of projects in my career where we came in. And as external suppliers, we're like, oh, this is a really cool project. We want to build the shit out of this. This is the most beautiful thing to build. And, and you know, we're building this, this perfect solution. And then we realized that the client wasn't actually interested in that perfect solution at all. They either just needed something that fit the budget or they needed something, a short-term stopgap. Or maybe they just wanted something to please someone in the organization. So our good wasn't necessarily their good. So we were, in some cases, very frustrated because we were, we were de delivering this beautiful solution and the client wasn't even impressed by it. It, it showed that we didn't understand the values. Yeah, but just to go back just yeah. briefly to common values that, you know, yeah. so there's, there's the, so the product and the, and the project management mm -hmm. sort of mm -hmm. values, but there's also usually a, a pretty strong set of technical values as well. Yes. So, so, you know, these are things like continuous delivery, uh, TDD, you know, test-first development, um, you know, having automated testing, um, you know, having a, a really strong pipeline, codes developed at a high quality with goes through automated testing in, in a rigorous QA process and, you know, goes through various environments and things like that. But would you agree that that is quite, because these te techniques um, and technologies are, are quite new and they're, they're quite cutting edge still for many organizations. So again, us coming in and saying, this is the right way of doing it. You need your CI/CD pipeline. You need 500 releases every day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Look at the Amazons and the Spotify's. That's not right for every client, and maybe not even possible for every client, right? So again, right. would you say we need to be quite careful yes. there with yeah. what a yeah. client can do? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. To your point earlier, it says yeah. If if that's not what the client needs, can you really say that 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 value is 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 you know the right thing? And, and I mean, it's an interesting thing because, you know, ultimately quality is that kind of uh, overarching value that I think is, is left to the development team. It's like they're responsible for quality. Yeah. They have to put their name on it. And, and, and they're, they're the ones that have to get something out the door. I, I remember a professor at uni who said, who defined quality as fit for purpose. And then the question was, what is the purpose of this, right? So if the purpose is that it's a stopgap, product for a year or something, you may not need to build it massively extensively because you know you're throwing it away. Now, we know in reality these things get built and then they live on forever, so that's a different thing. But if this is a product where you know the client is going to extend it and sell it on to other clients of theirs, etc., etc., then you might want to build this far more extensively and maintainably. Um, so the fit for purpose, I think, is a really good analogy, but you need to understand what the purpose and the objectives are and then you adjust your values accordingly. Yeah, um, let's let's dig let's dig into this values misalignment yeah. a little bit more. So we've all been on that project, right? Where you know the deadline's fast approaching, and and there's a lot of pressure on development teams to sort of like get that thing out the door. You know, start you know cutting corners or whatever, mm -hmm. and and suddenly you know you're not doing the ceremonies, you're not doing showcases, you're not doing retros, you're trying to get squeeze every single minute of the day out to try to meet that deadline. 
you know, what, what does it look like when, when uh, you know, a team starts falling into that values misalignment? I think what you see is, I think you see two things on this, on the coding side. I think you see a lot of code debt to, you know, you, you just see that there is stuff you need to do later and that that stuff is becoming more and more and more. It's this big mountain. You're pushing that mountain in front of you. And that's an anti-pattern in, 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 in lean. On the other hand, what you see, is I think you see demotivation and frustration in the team yeah, because they're forced yeah. to do the wrong thing, to not work in the right way. And no one really likes that. Oh, well, no craftsman or craftswoman or good software person likes that i think yeah yeah i think they, they feel a little slimy a little sort of like they're they're cutting <laughs> corners that sort of compromising their values it feels and like you need to wash so, your brain I, right I mean, yeah actually this is an interesting topic it's not so it's not always that it's just clients and teams have values but actually you have people. personal you, yes. people have values yes. right you know like there's there's certain red lines that i don't think i i want to cross yeah. you know sometimes you do have to do things for practical purposes, but as long as you're not sort of sleepwalking into a, a you know, a, a disaster and really compromising what you're doing. Yeah. I think I think it is this thing you just said that that you're not sleepwalking into it and that you're not kind of contributing to it beyond reason. So I think this is about over communicating to say to the client, okay, we can do this, but this is the impact later down the line, and this is what we will then need to do afterwards to rectify the situation. The problem with that is, of course, that quite often everyone's like, yeah, 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 I will give you time to solve the problems later, but you never get that time because another deadline comes, another deadline. And this is, this is a problem we have both seen on many projects where everyone is trying to do their best and then the deadline comes, you compromise, and then there's another deadline and you keep on compromising. And then at some point you're a bit in deep shit and then you have to backpedal. And it's just hard. Um, I don't think there's a, a, a real solution for this apart from just constantly being mindful of yeah, that problem, yeah, right? Yeah, constantly being mindful and vocal about it, right? Yes. Like, you know, if it, you know, I, I, I think it's, you know, again, to avoid that sort of sleepwalk situation where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I compromise this one thing. Well, if I go a little further and I compromise this other thing, then exactly. I'll meet that goal. And oh, if I compromise this other thing yet, then I'll meet that goal. And then suddenly you just realize it, it just, you know, it's unrecognizable, right? I think, so, so I think, I think it is important to have those sort of team members that can, to, can voice their concerns and be able to speak up and say, we're not doing the right thing here. Like what, you know, what is mm -hmm. the plan to start doing the right thing again? And, 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 and then clearly communicating that back to the, the client. And, and, you know, it, it can be uncomfortable, but, but it, it's, also, it's also important because, you know, I, I think as long as everybody's motivation is sort of pure, like everybody wants to have a good quality product out that's operable and maintainable yeah. and things like that, then, then I think if it's, if it's done with the best intention, you know, not just sort of like, you know, people throwing their toys out of the pram. Sorry, that's a very British phrase. Um, <laughs> you know, then, then I, th I think it's important to, to always keep that pressure up. Like, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the right thing? And really keep track of that. And I think this is a bit about professional ethics, right? How much are you prepared to compromise? Are you doing the thing because it's really needed at this point in time? Or are you just doing it to cut corners? And I think there is a big difference. I must also say, however, that I have seen, and this is again, coming back to what we were discussing earlier, um, misalignment between people, teams I work with and clients where we hadn't realized that our level of good was much, much higher than what the client expected, needed, uh, could support. So what we were giving the client was the client was totally happy and totally satisfied with it. And it was the right thing for the client. We still felt we had underperformed because we were, we were so far advanced. So it's basically like, you know, the, the, we were thinking we were, we're building the, the client comes to us and says, we want to be like Netflix. 
They're like, yes, we can build you that. No problem, sir. So we're building all these cool, cool tools and techniques in and we'll give them the most amazing infrastructure. Um, and then we realize actually that the client doesn't even need that. If we give them half of it, we're then frustrated and depressed because we haven't achieved our goal totally missing the point that the client never wanted that goal in the first right, place right i and think it, yeah i think that's probably the biggest thing with values misalignment is that you know does the customer even want to pay for some of that stuff right yes. like you know you it, because you value you know some of these things continuous delivery or whatever like does the value even does the customer even want to pay for that value and if yes. you if you never had that conversation you 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 just never know yeah it's always just assumed that you know the the client is aligned with your values and that they, but you know, maybe at the end of the day, they do only want, they don't want the, uh, you know, the Cadillac of, uh, of, of, of solutions, but they, they just need the practical thing to get the job done. Yes. I often find that that's what happens later on in a project. If you don't sort of bring the stuff up with the client is that there's this misalignment mm. and then suddenly going in different directions because you're trying to do this, this thing that meets your values but you never communicated that back and the, the clients just sort of like, why are you doing this? I didn't ask for this, you know? It's a really good point. I think an important point here is also that what you said you, you do the first time you do this value alignment or value understanding activity in inception, so very early on. But of course, as you only get to know the client really as you go along the project. So six months down the line, you may actually understand that the client has actually totally different values because it's all in the words, right? To say they're interested in quality, in innovation. Right. Um, and you only understand that later. And then also you may understand the more you get to know the client, where they're actually coming from. So sometimes we see values at clients where we're like, this is totally ridiculous. How can they work like this? Why are they so, uh, why are they pushing back on, on all the things we want to do? And then you realize when you understand the client better that there are actually sometimes very, very good reasons Right. Why people behave in a certain way. People yeah. usually behave for a reason. Yeah. Um, in in a way they in the way they do, and once we understand that, we can then either change this or communicate it to our teams, and then our teams understand why maybe they need to do things in a what they may think is a suboptimal way. But they're like, yeah, but I understand why this is the right thing in this situation, and therefore I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Right. Um. I think what we wanted to talk about is is so when we're in a situation of values misalignment. Mm-hmm. What's the thing of, of getting out of it or how do we align values? What, what yeah. do you do as a, as a, yeah, as a delivery lead? There's a few different things you can do. You know, from a technical perspective, I think a, a lot of people agree that you should bake quality into the story. So any, any refactoring that has to happen, things to make something production ready should be part of that story before it goes yes. into production. Agreed. So you build and quality in yeah, as you go, Yeah, build quality in, which, 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 which means you need to estimate for that and you need to, to take that in an estimate. And, and that, that's a good thing to do. It's hard to maintain. I, I think the other thing I've, I've heard teams do also is sort of like they'll have like uh, sprints, like entire sprints, like every maybe yes. fourth or fifth sprint or whatever. They'll say that this entire sprint is just for the team to, to make an improvement. This is actually an important point. I know that a lot of people say these fixing or, or empty sprints are not good because they're an anti-pattern for you to build up code that then you want to clean it up later, but you never get the time to clean it up because you are then expected to do features in those cleanup sprints. But I think they're actually good because they give the team time and breathing space, not only to improve the code base, but also 
to reflect on their ways of working. Well, and, and, right? plan, and actually plan sit down and, and think about like what is it that's broken here? What is it that we Correct. need attention on? Because you're going to be, let, let, let's, put it, let's put it bluntly, like you're going to be working on this stuff anyways, right? It's either <laughs> yes. going to be, you know, through necessity because your, your system just tanked because you, you release something that's, that's yeah. not, not quite up to snuff. And then suddenly now you're in an emergency mode and you're, you're just sort of like, forget about features. We're just going to spend, send, spend the next three months fixing stuff because, you know, so you either do it in a controlled fashion, <laughs> you know, where you can plan for it, where it's kind of part of the, yeah. the, 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 you know, BAU running of the, the team. Tangible outcome yeah, that's then yeah. action. And, and people can understand <laughs> yeah. it's a little more transparent. You can plan for it a little bit better. Yeah. Or you end up doing it as an emergency measure, in which case that's embarrassing for everybody. And you know, clients really, get affected. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is just you know, it's just a bad situation. But uh, I, I, yeah. one thing I sorry to one thing I wanted to, to say in addition to this is so you've spoken about like specifically values around the code base and stuff. I think more subtle values or, or cultural values, I think there is a good way of aligning on those by so what we do quite often is that we bring in a small team initially and then extend this team by adding colleagues or talent from the client side into that team um, or we generally speaking we ramp up our team slowly um, and that allows cultural values to kind of diffuse across people right um, rather than bringing 100 people on board right right on the first yeah. day i think it's much better to have a scrum team of eight or ten people and then you slowly add additional people to this and then this team working very well shows other people how it's done, how these things work, and you get like an organic kind of transformation of values, um, which in my experience has worked extremely well. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of co-locating, you know, client, yeah. oh, clients yes. and consultants together rather than having just like one consultant team trying to do the right thing and everybody putting that down like, look, they're doing something different and it's good, but we don't know how to do it. I think you can get, align a lot of this towards the right way in terms of like, the key thing here is really you want to do something valuable, right? Um, so when you, when you focus the client away from just look at, looking at, 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 at requirements or, or, or money in isolation, but focusing the client on what, is, what does actually deliver value to the business or to users. So taking a user-centric perspective in light maybe with business strategy and objectives, that can focus um, your, your ways of working onto alignment quite strongly. So you say to the client, you know, you should only be doing these things or you should be doing them in a specific way if it works towards achievements of the goals you have. Right, so it diffuses the whole... Exactly, right? exactly. And that makes the discussion less emotional. It just makes it very actually tangible and quantifiable, really, because you're like, you wanted more sales and you wanted a system that is very secure and stable. This is the things we need to do for that. Right, so I think we touched on a lot of good stuff here. I think, you know, it's a lot of food for thought about talking about values. Any, uh, any final thoughts or? I think, as you said, uh, if you don't align them, bad things happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and it is maybe one of the most important things to get right in a project because, you know, everything else is, is eliciting requirements, building software. That's kind of the easy bit. I think the value and culture bit is the hard stuff, really, if we're honest, right? In many yeah. cases. Yeah, yeah. You like say bad stuff happens, you get it wrong. But if you get it right, really good stuff happens. That is right? really fun to work. And it's right? fun it's to work. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. 
Have a look at our show notes with related information and details on how to get in touch at thebarnup.com. We are listener-driven, so please do send us your questions, comments, and ideas for new episodes. We're both practitioners and are happy to discuss interesting opportunities from consulting to coaching to getting involved in actual projects. For inquiries, please visit burnupmedia.com. This podcast is produced by Burnup Media Limited under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 license, which means you can share it as long as you give credit, but you cannot change it or make money of it. Until next time, thanks again for listening and have a wonderful day.